0: You are listening to the Talking Tough podcast, the world's toughest men and women at their most vulnerable. Their stories of triumph, their falls from grace, and their climb back to the top, to life. This is Rick Bassman here for Talking Tough on the Podcast One Network. Hey everybody, Rick Bassman here from the wilds of Maui on Talking Tough. It is our first gray and rainy day this season, uh, but that's okay, because I have a guest on today who's always like just uh, a bright ray of sunshine in my life. And if she's listening right now, she's probably laughing, but it's true. Uh, it's uh, It's been a good week here. My dogs are great. Go-Go's doing great. I'm happy to report to everybody. Um, workouts, our, our shut-in workouts are good. Everything's cool. Life is good. Uh, amidst these escalating, crazy times. And we know what uh, I'm alluding to, all you have to do is turn on the news or turn on your computer. Uh, So it's our choice, our experience is our choice, right? And we'll talk a lot about that today, I suspect, because the guest I have on today is somebody who has been through about as many trials in life as a human being can go through and endure and come out the other side with a pretty unwavering positive attitude. And uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but I love people like that. And I am very happy today to welcome a former, one of the very original American Gladiators, a professional boxer the who holds the distinction of being one half of the first ever woman's professional boxing match in Madison Square Garden. That's pretty cool. So, I know every pro wrestler wants to perform in the garden. And my friend, uh, my good friend, I'm happy to say, who's joining us today, Shannon Dallas Hall, did just that. Shannon, so glad you're here.
1: Hey, thanks, Rick. Thanks for having me.
0: So glad to have you. So good to see
1: you. You look fantastic. Hey, man, living the dream, right? Living the dream in the nightmare. That's what we do every day, right?
0: Ain't that the truth? Hate that. So I, I know how much you love social media because you're we, we lose touch every now and then. That's how I always manage to track you back down. And I uh I know you go on it, then you go off it, and I don't blame you. If I I swear I need it for my work, it's probably just an excuse to troll it. I don't know, but I swear if I didn't need it, I wouldn't have it either. But I was looking at yours, I, I sent you a message right before we got on here today, and I saw your line right up front says, uh, no hating, no dating. What's going on with you and social media,
1: bro? I'm telling you, I—I I mean, I'm sure this is like every girl that's on Facebook or whatever. But if I had a dollar for every dick pic that I got, I seriously would not have to have any other form of employment to pay my bills. It's like, it's like that, you know. So I just get so—I get so tired of it. Instagram, I have no problems with it. It just seems like Facebook. Um, men from other lands and other countries—I mean, they just want to show you their their penis. And it's just like, I mean, I'm not kidding. Rick. It, it's like a dating site. Facebook has turned to a dating site. So no matter how private you make it, you know, the dick pics just keep on flowing. And I'm just like, this is like, and they rude stuff about my kids. So it's like, I've got, I think, uh, I think I've got it down like 350 people or whatever that I actually know. So, but it just sometimes gets to me and it's just like, and they're like, hey, you're awful, sexy, boy, nice tits or whatever. I'm just like, for some reason, Rick, I mean, a mess, though, you know, the lifestyle that we live and you think that's not a big deal. I get so pissed off and so insulted. I'm like, I mean, chicks sometimes think that, I mean, I will knock a motherfucker out. I have punched guys out for like less than that. I'm just like, are you fucking kidding? I get tired of it. I get tired of the garbage. But on the other hand, your friends are there. Your aunts are there. Your nieces are there. Your cousins are there. And Rick is there. You know, and it's just like, fuck, you know, I just, you know, getting through the forest for the sleaze. So, but sometimes it just gets to me and I can't, I can't take it. Hey, I I banged you 20 years ago. You remember me? Remember this thing? I'm just like, oh my God. And so it's like, okay, so that's me and Facebook. So I'm just going to keep it it down.
0: It's just, I thought it was funny. So I had to ask the the, the no hating, the no dating. You know what? I, I, I have to admit, I some guy sent me a dick pic once and I was like, I was so insulted. I wanted to drive over to his house and just slap him silly. Cause, cause what he wrote with it. Um, yes. But, but you know, Shanna, you know how my wheels are always turning. I'm entrepreneurial. You know that about me. And you, you did. You did say if I had a dollar for everyone that was sent, maybe you should post, Hey, for $5, I will send you a comment back on your dick pic. See how much money you can make in a week.
1: You know what? <laughs> I love I already love you. You just like pay my bills next month. I and but I'm like what I'm gonna do is you're gonna filter the messages, okay? So I'm gonna give it to you.
0: Oh yeah. I'll filter it for six bucks each. How's that? No, thank you. <laughs> Take a percentage,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah, wow, wow, that's that's awesome. So Shannon, you are, are are you okay saying like where you're based these days?
1: Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh I'm in New Smyrna Beach, Florida. I'm home, baby. So we went around the world and back and i'm back in florida so we uh i just did a midnight run on the beach and uh you know we've been to uh new mexico this past year and in texas and trying to figure out where i want to actually buy a home so at 50 i'm 50 years old now so at 50 i finally settled down i was like am i going to la am i going to new mexico because we have family and all these places right and so la new mexico or florida and um I thought it would be cheaper in New Mexico. We love it there and shit went South and just prices went up in LA. So Florida's home base for me. So it's just, uh, I've got my people here, have a support system and man, that ocean is such a peaceful thing. I have to be by the water. I have to be by the water and LA they don't even let you on the beaches. So I chose wisely because during the pandemic, I mean, they had shut down. You can't even enjoy the beaches during the pandemic. And that's like the best place to go because it's open air. So Everybody here was on the beach and um, that was such a saving grace place for me and the kids during the pandemic. So I chose wisely here. Uh, we had a little bit more freedom over here than my good friends in LA that have just are suffering terribly. So I, I would have flipped the fuck out and was be punching holes through the wall. You know how I am. So I, I, need, I need this freedom over here and um, um, a little less condensed population. So this, this is home now. This is home
0: good i'm so glad you're happy and yes i do know how you are about that as well um yeah. <laughs> I do know that you know it's funny i i love to uh to kind of sort of brag on here shannon that my, my record you know because of my height and my weight you know 54 135 because i was always the boss it was like kind of cool for me to like pick on the girls in the upw days it was always in good fun of course right and, yeah. and I, I love to brag about how my my record is one and one, one win, one loss. And my win is against Gina Carano, but my loss is against Ronda Rousey, it just handed me my ass. And I, I have to say though, I, I still like to like, you know, verbally joust with my female pro wrestling friends about, hey, when we finally go, you my friend, oops, I got so scared. <laughs> you are one person i just never wanted to mess with and i'm looking at uh i'm looking at your stuff online recently and i say more so than ever man you are uh, you're still in shape and, and fierce as always it looks like
1: thank you uh but yeah the fierce is in a is in a different um a different genre it's called menopause right now okay. so i thought Maybe that
0: it's scarier even okay yes
1: dude i thought because i'm me and because uh you know i athletic and you know all this kind of stuff that I would be able to miss that I am in the middle I'm 50 years old now and I'm in the middle of it I'm talking the hot flashes at night I'm more irritable than I've ever been I'm so tired but then I get so hyper my hormones are all over the place bro and like as a, gl- a gladiator during menopause is not anywhere there that you wanna be, okay? You wanna be as far away from a female bladder during menopause as you possibly can be. I'm telling you, and so I call I call for my girl Ray Hollett and Lori Fetrick, you know, Ice and Zap and I'm like, what the fuck is going on with my body? Because they're they're like my big sisters. They they got five years on me, right? And so Lori's like, fucking go to the doctor, get as many drugs as you can And Ray's like, You're gonna fucking fall down. Just make sure you hold on to shit because you're oh my God. So I mean they're they're like my mentors, but they've gone through it too, so I mean, I'm in shape and stuff. I'm in, I'm in the gym all the time because I'm so pissed off and frustrated. So I'm in the weights all the time. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I wish I could go and knock people out for a living. I wish I could do that. But, you know, I'm I'm hurt from the floor up, you know, from the ground up to the fucking top of my head. I got injuries here and there, you know. So at 50 Warriors, we, we paid the price. I wish I could still fight, but I can't. But I'm just as mean as ever. And I'm just as strong as ever. But, you know, I get I get tired quick. So I hope this passes quickly because it's fucking kicking my ass, man. Like, this this not me not being able to have periods. Okay, that part's good. I'm done with having periods. Let's talk about the female shit. Okay. I'm over that. That's amazing. But with the that stopping, oh, I don't sleep anymore. I haven't slept in probably a year and a half. So my sleep has gone crazy. I sleep in the middle of the day. So, Rick, life was hard before. It's twice as hard Now, just like to try to fucking keep my shit together. That's why I was on the beach tonight running the moon. I I have to run it out. I have to train it out. I have to jog it out. So thank God our beaches were open up during coronavirus so I could keep because I was fucking going crazy. I'm hitting the heavy bag and did everything I can. So thank God I'm still able to do this. So how old are you, Rick? You're in your 50s, right? How old are you?
0: I'm going to be 59 next month. You know, I think I can have yes. like senior citizen
1: discounts now and stuff like that. Um, so- I know, right. It's crazy that we're still even alive. Do you just sit there and just say, I cannot believe i I know you've been through some shit to this past year and a half has been crazy for you too. So at this point, don't you just sit there sometimes and say, I'm just so alive. I'm still in this body and breathing and still here.
0: You know, Shannon, I take more, and that, that's more noticeable to me, more more present in my mind, like recently, more so than ever. I I feel yes. I feel like at you know nearing fifty nine, sixty, if you. Will, Damn, that's that, freaking that's, awesome! Like, dude. Yeah, I'm actually. I think I feel like I've take, taken taken a better turn recently, mentally, emotionally, physically. I'm I'm getting back in shape. Um, awesome. I'm leaning out. I can see like four abs. I mean, that's not bad. Um, nice. And, uh, I just ordered, but I live pretty isolated on Maui. You know, it's seven miles from the ocean. You can see it from my house, but it's still a bit of a journey. We're up in the forest here. There's no houses around us, so it feels isolated. And I've got a big underside of the house. So I just cleared all the dirt, flattened it out, and I ordered um, a double end ball. I ordered a heavy bag, and uh, I'm setting yeah. up a little gym under the house. So, uh, yeah, I'm like, you know, my body hurts. That's always something new every day, but I have this like insane fantasy in my head that I still have like one more fight left in me. So who knows? I mean, never say never. You're a fighter,
1: baby. You're that's that, that means you're a fighter. We always think we have one, and that's what drives you to train. That's what drives you to pray. And that's what drives you to get your fucking ass out of bed every day.
0: Well, it may be my, my long feared about match with shannon dallas hall but you never know
1: well you know that would be your last day on earth bro so you know let's just keep that in the dream category
0: (laughs) yes i like to talk a lot of shit but i think i'm going to refrain from doing that in this case all right i think i'd be well advised to do that okay let's just let's
1: just stay in each other's corner i'm going to stay in your corner you stay in my corner let's always fight together let's not fight each other because i wouldn't want that in you you wouldn't want to see that side of me let's let's we're, we're home team baby We're home team
0: i, I, I love that idea yes. so let's talk let's talk about your your fighting past a little bit so yes. can you list like quickly for people that don't know what your fighting credentials are
1: um let's see well it started out um when i was five years old i knocked the first boy up that said my mom was like ugly or something and my first fight career started at five years old and i knocked this little boy out and i realized i had some power in that hand and I was knocking boys out in Arkansas for cheating, for lying, so it's like I never keep boyfriend because I was always known for whipping boyfriend's ass, right, so my my fighting career started when I was like born, so I was born fighting, right, so my technical fighting career um, started when I made the American Gladiators, Uh, that was in 1990, uh, 1993, I believe, when I lived in Dallas, Texas, and it was on a whim, uh, I just did a bodybuilding show. I moved to Dallas from Arkansas. just did a bodybuilding show. Uh, I got second place in a heavyweight division some sort in Dallas. And me and my friends, uh, we are going to drive to Houston and party the next weekend and eat because my friends dieted with me, right? I may not have, like, a big family. I've really good friends. My, my spirit family and friend family, probably like yours, is amazing. So uh, we went to Houston. We were driving to Houston. On the side of the road, it said American Gladiator tryouts, right? So we were all smoking weed. We were drunk as fuck in the back of a car. We were partying. Well, used to, I, was, I was twenty twenty two. okay? So that's what you do when you're 22, right? So they're like, get out, Shannon, do it. Shannon's in shape. Let's go and fucking whoop some ass or whatever. We were all drunk and so, yeah, yeah. So they just pulled the car over, Rick. And I swear that, that pulling the car over that night changed my life forever. So I got out drunk as a skunk and on, just as a joke to try out. And even like drunk, I kicked ass. And um, I think me and Jazz, Jazz was there. Remember Jazz on the Gladiators, long black hair? Beautiful girl. Me and her ended up at the end together on this powerbomb, they I'm like, put these two together. They didn't want to see it. Like, put these two together. I'm like, come on, motherfucker, let's go, right? Woo. So we, 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 we actually made each other look great. She and I, I was a little bit more athletic. She was just a big bodybuilder girl. She was just amazing looking, right? So she was really fun to hit. You know? so I boom. Anyway, so um, we went to you. said two weeks later, I we got a call back from the Gladiators. Hey, you made the cut, top 10 out of 1,500 girls or whatever is contender. We want you to LA. We made it to come to LA, blah, blah, blah. I was like, what? So this was great. Made the Gladiators, did the Gladiator show. And from the Gladiator show came the opportunity to do the first Tough Woman World Championship show. So I did the TV show for a couple of years in Los Angeles. I think it was alternate both years. So, you know, you had to wait and Siren was there. Zap was there. Ice. you can only have five girls starting at one time. Uh, I was right there at the end. But during the summer, I did the live tour show and was training and training and training. It was freaking amazing. Um, so I did that for two years. And when we moved to Florida, which is what's brought me here, uh, they had the live show in Kissimmee uh, over by Disney. So they made a whole gladiator arena uh, in Kissimmee. And we did a live show six days a week. And once again, on a whim, um, something came through. We were all in the dressing room and they said, uh, Hey, does somebody want to judge this uh, uh, for, for a couple thousand dollars uh, for two nights? And uh, I think it was in uh, Detroit, Michigan. Shannon, you're up. Do you want this job? I said, Yeah, I'll take it or whatever. And what is it? It's a tough woman world championship. The first woman's fight thing. I'm like, Well, that's cool. They said, Yeah, they want you to be a celebrity judge. And I was like, Judge, okay, well that that's cool. So what is what is the deal? And it's like they call Art Door, who was the promoter.
0: Oh God! I, so I was going to ask if the tough man you are doing was the Art Door Wendy Door deal. Um, yeah, I won a few yes. rounds with Art myself back in the day. He's uh he's an interesting cat for sure. And that's, and I, that's, I, being, you know, that's being nice.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, let me show you a little tidbit about Art Door. Yes. So we asked him what was going on, and they said uh. Uh, first, first prize, $10,000. I'm like, well, well, what do you have to do to, to compete? And I was like, well, you can't have any professional fights. It's an amateur show because you win a professional contract. If you win the thing. Right. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, okay, that sounds awesome. Two days later, do you remember Christy Martin?
0: Uh, boxer, the, probably the first famous female boxer. Yes.
1: Yes. So Christy Martin, um, they called me back two days later and I said, Hey, um, we've got Christy Martin to to judge instead, you know, scratch that. We've got Christy Martin to judge or whatever. I'm like, they said, we'll still pay you, but we want Christy to do it because you know she's more boxing. I'm like, okay. So I get paid. I was like, fuck that shit. I said, let me do it. So because Christy stepped in to judge that opened the door for me to compete. And I was like, let me do it. Why can't I? I've never boxed before. But I fought since I was five years old, knocking people out. What do you just put gloves in on go? I mean, I've mean, i never done, I've never trained or anything Rick. Right. So flew up there. I could put my gloves on. I wore some weird shit and, got, and just fucking mowed them down, bro. And I won ten grand that day. It was two days of tournament, so you fight two days straight. And basically, it was like an endurance thing, right? So, which um, so the girls were amazing, but I, I was. I'm like, y'all don't know me, but y'all know me now, <laughs> right? So. That was my start of my fighting career, which is 1996. So I won a professional boxing contract. And you know, uh,
0: let, 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 let me interject real quickly. I yeah. think that's a great way to start. Um, you know, you can start by by getting schooled and, and getting skilled and whatnot. You know, and earlier you threw you threw one uh, a right straight. And, and I love seeing you throw that because thank God, like your, your form is good. And we see so much on TV where you see these, like uppercuts and these. <laughs> And it's just awful and it's driving me nuts. What well, could you see it more and more these days? But All right. but you started with innate toughness. You know, my, my first business partner ever, one of the toughest human beings I ever came across, get named Mark Mark Carter from Ohio, whose dad entered him in the tough man on a lark. And Mark went through it, mowed the entire field, and won. And I remember the last bit, the, the last video before his finals, his opponent. It's like yes i've been training for this for for years and you know he's in the gym he looks technical and mark just knocked him the fuck right out because guy <laughs> was, was it was from the streets and he was tough so you started the same way but then you added legitimate skills to the mix afterwards
1: yeah so and, and that actually opened the door to professional training so i won that and uh started working with art door and um I moved to Bay City, Michigan. He actually moved me into the back of his gym. I lived in a little shithole in the back of his gym with Butterbean. So me and Eric Esch, man, we, we like lit the town up. So me and Butterbean were, were stable mates, right? I so, not know that.
0: one of my best friends in the world to this day. Yes.
1: So Bean, the Bean was there training. He was already the, the champion, the four-round champ, right? So that's when they brought me on and moved my ass into the back of a shitty old gym and trained me like a fucking rabid pit bull back there. And so Bean comes in and eats a couple steak dinners and goes four rounds. And they am like, okay, there's Beans. All right, well, let's get Dallas out of here. So Dallas is starving the fuck to death in the back. And Butterbean's sitting there, you know, he's watching everything. And I haven't fucking eaten in like two days and like drinking water, running in the snow. I mean, I'm the for real Rocky deal, bro. Okay. They fucking put me through the hoops doing that kind of shit, training my ass off. You know, I was going like 20 rounds with uh, Coach Murray Sutherland. Bean was there. He saw it. He knew. And um uh and we meet me and him, you talk about going to strip clubs. That was my strip club buddy, okay? So me and the bean strip clubbed it and he's like he goes
0: been to strip me and Donathew strip clubs, he's fun to go with, yes. Yeah. He,
1: he's like, watch all these girls just flock over the bean, I was like, no way. I I've got to see this shit. So I would just sit there and they were like, We brick, we had so much fun. He was my only comic relief and soothing during this whole time and we did all the shows together. Um, and I got great training in. And I mean, the stuff, I mean, our door, I mean, he's got all these different sides to him, right? I mean, he's a harsh businessman. But if it weren't for him, he's the one that got me to fight Madison Square Garden. So before we went out, he's like, you know, hey, Shannon, you know, do you know what, what's going on right here? And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna whoop this motherfucker's ass. He goes, you are know, the first woman to ever walk out here and box in the garden. He goes, you know, they also want you to remember that. Okay. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I, I wasn't even really thinking about it at the time. We just had so much going on. I've been hitting the head a million times for like a year. I didn't even know what the fuck was going on. But after that, he goes, I want, he stopped me. So I want you to remember this. So he did give me that opportunity and that title shot and all that kind of things. And that was before even women's boxing was, there was no regulations. I had the IFBA title, but now you go to box wreck, and I'm like, oh and one on box rec so it was before any of that even started I'm like what about my 20 fights what about all the underground fights that i did in new york with these guys it wasn't even with girls but they said that's why you were fighting boys rick i never fought girls i was fighting boys with art it took me in there i'm like why are you doing this to me i was getting the fucking snot beat out of me bro by these big black dudes that were just fucking amazing like i mean they were just the most beautiful boxers i've ever seen in my life And i'm just like what the f-? but they you know they whooped my ass and then they would come sit in the corner. I mean, I had snot and blood. I was, I was crying and crying. And these guys come over here like, hey, girl, you know, you're fucking legit, bro. And then we would go out afterwards. So they would whoop my ass. We would go out afterwards. I would come in the next couple of days. They would put another couple of guys in front of me whatever. And I finally started getting it over. And I finally found my power. But um, And I talked to Art Door after that. I'm like, why? After all this was I was like, why did you do that to me? You could have fucking killed me. I mean, what we went through, my nose breaking and shut. you going to fucking kill me? He goes, you're the toughest bitch I've ever seen in my life. He goes, no one's going to break you. He goes, no one will ever break you. And he goes, I knew that when I met you. And he goes, that's why I did what I did for you is because I knew that you'd make it. And I was just like, fucking A. So we had some very tender moments there, you know, when he told that to me. So he, he actually thought that of me and gave me something that no one else could have or would have given me during that time. And those beatings that I got, right, those beatings and within an inch of my life, don't matter if you're a boy or a girl whatever, that has carried me through. You talk about all the shit that I've been through with my kids, raising these two kids alone and running all over the place. Those beatings is what has sustained me through the rest of my life to keep me going out of everything. And I I have to give him credit for that. So
0: It's nice to hear that. It really is. I didn't get to know Art very well. Uh, we we yeah. did one business deal together, and that was that. And it was a tough one. Bean, okay. are, you, are you in touch with Butterbean still?
1: Um, uh, I haven't talked to him in so long, so no, I haven't. I haven't been
0: to him. he you guys if you want. Uh, oh,
1: that'll be so cool, yes.
0: Yeah, he'll be happy. He'll be happy to hear about that, I'm sure. He's living, he's back in Alabama. and uh, okay. Yeah, I'll definitely reconnect you guys. Which, it's always nice to see good friends come back together. I love that. And, I love you, you know, guys you and I reconnected about a year and a half ago, and we had a really long conversation and it was pretty deep about trials and tribulations. I remember, I remember it well. And I alluded to that at the beginning during the introduction, you just mentioned some of the ups and downs. Okay, I think, you know, looking at you right now, I think anybody looking at this would say, there's a lady who has her act together. She's, you know, she's bright, she's sunny, she's upbeat. And that's amazing. I love seeing this in you it's in a, and it's so genuine. Um, so I think people will be predisposed to think, Oh, Hey, she's always been that way. Could, could you, could you download quickly? Like what, what was your lowest time in, in life? And what did that look like? Because people that watch this, people listen to it are oftentimes going through the going through the shit themselves. And I think it's really helpful to people to see someone like yourself who's doing so well, but then hear what they had to come back from to get to this place. So, so how bad did it get?
1: Um, I mean, it's, it, it's gotten really, really, it's gotten as bad as it can get. It's gotten as bad before my kids were born. Um, I was sleeping in the woods. I uh, didn't have a place to live. So I was sleeping in the woods uh, at one point um, uh, in Mexico with a guy that was supposed to be my fiance and he hired a head out on me. Uh had, Couple Mexicans jump out of a van and try to kill me uh, with a knife and stab me, and I had to fight my way out of Puerto Vallarta that I was not supposed to come back. So I had the love of my life try to have me killed because he was so whacked out on drugs. And uh, um, boy, I will tell you that that's a movie in and of itself. Um, With my kids, uh, my ex-husband getting another woman pregnant, uh, abandoning me and my kids in L.A. You know, with, with we lost everything, lost our house, lost our car. There has been a lot. And a lot of things happen that I don't have a safety net. My family doesn't have money. My family's as dysfunctional as anyone's family could possibly be, you know? So there's no financial security. There's no financial safety net. Um, so, and I mean, to be honest with you from, from the bottom of my heart, the only way I've ever gotten out of these situations, uh, and there's, there's more that even go a little bit deeper than that. That's, that's just a little bit too deep to go to. But, um, Is when I drop down on my knees and I I have to pray when I ask God to please help me and my kids from the bottom of my heart. I mean, I am an avid Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ and from the power of of Christ is the only way I've ever gotten out of anything. And I'm telling you right now, the source of my strength is God. And, you know, I think he reveals to me personally, um, God reveals his power and strength to me. When there was nobody else there. And only when I did that did things start to turn around. So I know there is a magic. I know there is a power because only until I've done those things and dropped to my knees and asked for help did things ever change. So, you know, personally, when I've gotten that situation where my daughter was almost taken away from me out of a horrific divorce, there was abuse unimaginable in, in, in a horrific way that no one ever else knew or believed and went to court and court wouldn't help me and I didn't have money for lawyers. I was trying to do this and only when I dropped down on my knees and just when I prayed, Heavenly Father, please I'm in the name of Jesus, please help me and my children help me with my boom. I'm not kidding you when I do that Rick, it's not within twenty-four hours that my life turns around. But to get me to that point, because I'm not I don't go to church every Sunday. I don't walk around saying scriptures or whatever. But God brings me to my knees and only when I come to my knees is an opening revealed and new life given to me. So my experience with God is so real that there, there's no other explanation for it because there's no other person. There's no other bank account. There's no other husband. There's no other big sister, friend, whatever. It's, it's my, my faith in God is why I'm still standing here, sitting here and why I'm such a positive person. The only love that I have is the love of Jesus Christ and I know that it's true and it, it's sad. I mean it's not just true but it's it's sad that I don't have a husband. It's sad that I don't have a father. It's sad that I don't have a backer. It's it's really sad, but what's beautiful is that I do have a source. So my source is greater than any other source and it can't be it can't be bought, it can't be sold. It's something so infinite that I think that I'm the most wealthy person in the world because you only have true wealth until you have something that money can't buy. So what I have found and when God, the only person that's ever broke me is God, the only person that's ever broke me and brought me to my is him to make me submit to him. So that's, that's who I submit to. That's who I give the glory to. That's who I give this new home that we have to. That's who I give the health of my children to my little my little rescue pit bull panda that's 13. She can barely see her here. That's who I give. We brought her. She's been to New Mexico. We brought East L.A. She's an East L.A. rescue 13 years ago. Yeah. She's been with us, and I've had to leave her here and leave her there. And by the grace of God, he's provided me enough finances to go get our little baby girl. And I'm showing my kids, you don't leave your family behind. You don't mistreat pets. You don't mistreat people. So at least... They've seen their mama. They they know where my they know where my strength is. And we're not like these average average Christian Christian bubble banger people. To no extent, people that do that, I question their sincerity. So I know the true power of Christ and God comes from you and Him and Him and you. That relationship right there. That is the truth. Me preaching God and Jesus' term. Now a preacher is cool. Now you can go and get God through a preacher. That's amazing but when other people try to, you know, you can't show, he shows himself to you. That's the only so way. I'm
0: just, I'm just feeling you relay a real experience. You're, you're yes. a real experience. And yes. I know you weren't saying this, but you you sound anything but preachy. Um, I, I've, uh, you know, I've been exploring this myself as of late and I, I don't have it the way you have it. I, I oddly have had this conversation numerous times over the past year with Darren McBee. You
1: know, our mutual Yes, friends. Malibu. Yes. You talk, you talk with Malibu at all? Yeah, we're 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 Facebook friends, and I see his posts. and He's always been that way. He is the most yeah. beautiful spirit, the most beautiful heart, and he now he is he, he is someone that that does reach out. and I think that if you're meant to reach out to do that to people, that that's your calling. That's not my calling, but I think right. if you're meant to reach out to do that to others in a, such a beautiful way as he does it, that's that's amazing. That's amazing. But for me personally, I have to fucking have the shit knocked out of me, everything taken away from me, fucking yes. a knife almost stuck in my side. The bitch get you on your knees and fucking you need to fucking ask for help. So that's how it had to happen for me.
0: Okay. So you, you called upon your faith to get you out. Now, you, you and I have had pretty similar experience, not the same details, but the same load. Hell yes. Fall, fall to the same depths. I didn't have that to get out. I didn't have any kind of faith until really – just um just a couple of years ago i mean talk about uh waiting till late in life to uh you know to open up and explore this better late than never though of course yeah. um i mean i i got out of it i i still don't know how i look back at it i got out by sheer perseverance and just you know just sweating it out which i don't recommend for anybody i, I really don't so the people out there that are watching this listening to this right now uh, this, this may almost be an invitation to preach, and it's not intended that way. Yep. I got what you said. I'm in a good place right now. I got what you said. It resonates with me. It makes me want to explore further. Somebody out there listening really, really hurting right now. You know how it is when you're hurting. It's If you don't open yourself up, it's hard to get any message. But yes. if you have their attention for a minute right now, what, what would you tell them? What would you advise? They're, they're on the streets. They have no resources. They're all alone. What, what do you advise? That's a, I don't put you on the spot. Sorry, but I want to hear. No, what but, but I, but I've been
1: there to be honest with you. And I, and I think that, you know, we put ourselves in certain situations, um, you know, may, maybe this trying to find something, maybe just trying to find, see if someone loves you, if someone cares about you. And, you know, when you're at the very end of your rope with nothing or nobody, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm just saying I drop to my knees and I mean I just say, God, please help me. And I know that, you know, universally there's a lot of different gods or whatever. I was raised, you know, Jesus Christ, and I know the the love and the power of Christ to me. Um, I have personally found it. It's not what my mother had showed me. It's not what my, you know, grandparents they they went to church for their own reasons. This is something that that I have found only when I'm praying. Now you, now I love watching Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen is amazing. I love watching preaching with him and I cry every time. And when I when I connect with someone that's actually has the spirit in them and the Holy Spirit in them, and just that, that gift of love and wanting to help people, I feel it. I'm very empathic. Um I know if people are bullshit and I know if they're real. I know I know if they're spiritually enhanced. I do have a gift like that, which okay, now that's also something that's helped me get through life. I, I can read people very good. I'm a little bit of a, a, little bit of a psychic, have a little bit of psychic ability. Maybe it's from, because I'm an exceptional athlete, my cells fire on maybe more cylinders than somebody's or whatever, but I'm very, I sometimes know things I shouldn't know. Right. And I know things that have came to pass. So I have a little bit of psychic ability, which is also a blessing. That is, that is a survival instinct for me. That has become a survival instinct. And so that was pretty sharp, but, when shit really hits the fan and like, you know, during COVID, um, we got this house, I, uh, the gyms were closed. I didn't have any clients to train. Um, you know, we were almost going to lose my house. I didn't have any money coming in. Once again, my God, it's the story of my life. It seems. But, um, I'm just saying, I say just Lord Jesus, please help me. I, I come to you and in Jesus name, I know there's power in his name. That's just it. And I don't do it because there's power. I do it because he loves me. I do because I feel the love of Christ. There is something. I mean, I wish I was here when Jesus was here. That is the most infinite love. I think, okay, that's what, now you're asking me this. I think that's what I'm seeking. I want to be loved so bad, so, so bad by somebody or something. Christ is the only form of love that I know that I actually feel that feeds me. So the love of Christ is what sustains me. The love of Christ is what feeds me. That is the love that I'm craving for in a husband or in a partner that I can't find. It. Everybody just keeps fucking me over. Okay. And I just keep getting fucked over and fucked over. I mean, I'm sure I get my picker is definitely broken. Okay.
0: I have to interrupt now and ask you. Are ah. you I want to go back to this? Are you are you open-minded to not being fucked over? I don't mean to challenge you, but I I, I want to put it that way. You know what I mean?
1: We yeah. have to
0: a certain point where we take our look, we if we don't take our past experiences into our life, then we're setting ourselves up for failure because it is education. But yep. we can also take those past experiences and allow them to prevent us from finding something good in the future. Are are you feeling like you're in a pretty open and, and good place for that sort of thing right now?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um my my issue with relationships is that I am very loyal. I'm a very strong, strong woman. And that strength feeds into my relationships. I'm strong enough not to fuck around. I'm strong enough to be honest with you. I'm strong enough to work with somebody and, and build an empire with someone. I, I, I'm that equal partner. And so when I put all, these, all this faith and my love into these guys that said they want to be the one, and then they end up fucking around with me. They end up lying to me. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't forgive, but I don't forget, right? And it's to the point of I get so disappointed. I want a heart that's equal to mine. I want a love that's equal to mine. And I'm so, we talk about getting deep and stuff. I'm so deep with that. And when someone, if you break my heart, you'll do it again. And it's like, then we, then we become friends. I have a lot of really good friends, but I'm still searching for a husband that won't beat me, hurt me, cheat on me and lie. You know? So it's like, I can't find it. So like, I'm a little bit isolated. That is where I go go to, to Christ and praying and listen to the preaching and Christ's love feeds me the love and sustains me until my next relationship. Cause I'm not a quitter. Okay. Mm. I, you know I'm straight. I'm not a lesbian. I look so lesbian. I'm telling you, if I was a lesbian, I'd be the happiest. You do not lesbian look like a lesbian no, but I mean, I mean, I'm serious. I'm so, I'm so strong and bitchy and I have so many girls tell, you tell you me, do you do. I'm. I'm not kidding you. I, I would be so happy, but unfortunately, I'm straight, and unfortunately, I'm very intimidating to most guys. And I can't. I, mean, I just whacked all my hair off again. But you know what? I mean, I'm. Gonna,
0: I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna do something I've never done in one of these conversations before. I want to offer to play matchmaker because I have a guy for you, Rick. Stop I'm it. Are
1: you being serious?
0: I. I'll. I'll even tell you about him right now. Get everybody to hear and if he he might get he's he's pretty quiet guy so he may not love this but i'm gonna do it anyway um did you ever meet my friend and uh john john paws are amazing producers in the background right now um john's gonna know this guy or at least know who he is do you know the name sylvester turkai is that familiar to you shannon
1: turkai no i would definitely remember that but no i don't uh,
0: let, me, let me give you the quick rundown sylvester he's well first of all, age-wise. I would say he's 50 now, 51, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, He lives in Pittsburgh, but, you know, it's just geography. He's successful, very conservative financially. He made good money as a pro wrestler and as a professional MMA and K1 kickboxer. And he saved all of it. He's really good about that. He is ultra, ultra Christian. And was saying he always want, wanted to be with somebody who's I think they call you call it similarly yoked. Is that correct? Is that the terminology? <laughs> um, yes. I don't know much about this. He's also uh, he's he's also six foot seven, three hundred and fifteen pounds. He was um.
1: Wow.
0: He's an NCAA Division One wrestling champion. So you will not be you will not be kicking his ass. Um, but that's all right. And he is truly, truly one of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet on this planet. So I'm going to introduce you to if you're up for it and he's up for it, I would love to make that connection.
1: Oh my gosh. I already feel like small and petite, like in his magnificence. <laughs> hey, if we <laughs> fucking went toe to toe, you know, I wouldn't back the fuck down. That's my problem. So it's like, don't you, it's, it's like, can someone just not do, I mean, people fight, but you know, it's like, that. he's that big. I mean, I guess it wouldn't matter. So, that, that sounds
0: amazing. What's his yeah, name he, again? He's a good he's not- dude. So that, you can, you can search him. Uh, first name is Sylvester and his last, he's going to love when he hears his John. No, and I could only imagine that I'm fixing him up all, all during an interview that he's not even aware of. Um, and his last name is uh, Turkai, but it sounds like Turkay, T-E-R-K-A-Y. Um, what, what
1: nationality is that? Where is
0: he from? You know what? We're really close friends and I, He's got to be like at least third or fourth generation American. So whatever his heritage. Okay, is. Okay, though
1: that's got to be something like.
0: It, it might be. I don't know, though, to be honest. Russian.
1: But, I mean, that's really big, you know. So.
0: Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna call him later and okay. uh, be a little late in his time. I'll get him tomorrow, and we'll see if we can make that happen. Now he's not
1: big up. enough. I mean, he, I mean, he's got kind of a big ass heart. You know what I mean? So it's like that. That's that's a lot of it. He's a
0: very faithful guy. He's one of you like, just as you are, you would never have that question in your mind about what he's off doing. That he's like, he's a straight and narrow guy, as straight and narrow as they come. We traveled the world together on our wrestling days and we used to joke about him. Um, I'm not going to say some of the stuff online. So just, (laughs) it's all nice, but it's, it's, it's teasing stuff or ribbing, as we call it in pro wrestling. But while, while we were all out carousing and, You know Durban, South Africa, or Rapungi in Japan. Sylvester pretty much kept to himself at his hotel. Um, Didn't go out drinking and carousing with the rest of us. Uh, The one or two times he had a beer was kind of a a big occasion. Um, So uh, yeah, he's he's just he's conservative. He's nice. He's a sweet guy. He's like
1: peaceful. Is he like peaceful? Like got a peaceful
0: soul. Very much so.
1: That's important. That's that's good.
0: And with all that said, I think that concludes the love connection portion of today's episode. I'm talking tough. But, um, there we go.
1: All right. I, like I just pour all this shit out to you. So I apologize if, not, if it's not like appropriate or whatever, but it's no. like you're asking me about stuff and it's like, that is the real me. It's like my heart, you're I mean, but I'm out there training people and, and doing what I do and, you know, making people fighters and making people this and something. The coach in me is like that, but then I come home, but the, the woman in me, Is yearning and kind of heartbroken, that kind of a thing. So, and she's there.
0: So, I I know that feeling, my friend. I'm right there with you.
1: Is the woman in you yearning and heartbroken, Rick? Wait, sorry, say again. Is the woman inside of you yearning and heartbroken? Yes, okay. Thanks, 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 Shannon. I I
0: appreciate that. So, you um, back to what we were talking about. You mentioned Joel Osteen before, which is interesting yeah you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not Christian, I'm not religious. you yeah. know I, I grew up in a Jewish household. I went to Catholic school and I studied Buddhism. So I'm religiously oh. confused. Study
1: Buddhism? That's wonderful.
0: Wow. Yeah. So the point being I've had a lot of exposure to many different things, but I've never really landed on anything. I, I would definitely consider myself spiritual these days is believing there's something that's yeah. greater than ourselves that we can draw strength from. and that's been very important to me. Uh, What I wanted to mention is this. We talk about people that are hurting right now. And, you know, it's hard for us, I think, that are doing people like you and I who are doing well now. We're doing so badly before to remember what it was like in the moment. But it's dark, as you know. And it's sometimes damn near impossible to put one foot in front of the other. And you you may remember that. You may not. It's hard for me to even, you know, look back to that. I remember. And and, and dredge up what it felt like. So I, I always say, like, do something and you know if you told that to me at certain points in my life i might be like well i don't have any money i don't have a car um you know my my back is wrapped i can't walk there's always something you can do and you know the reason i i brought up joel olstein after you did is someone suggested i watch him uh because he has all you know the youtube channel and whatnot about three years ago and i was still you know pretty my mind's always opening Next year, I'll probably say a year ago, I was closed minded, I don't know. But, um, which would be now, but um, my mind is always opening. And I remember watching Joel Osteen for a minute, about three, four years ago, and right away, I'm like, he's creepy, (laughs) he's out for money, this is all bullshit, right? And three years later, now four years later, I watch one Joel Osteen video at least every week, at least one a week. And you know, and awesome. and the the point, of, the point of it is, it's his message. And his message is about hope and yes. belief and finding yeah. strength. And in my mind, to my, to my perspective, at least suggesting practical ways to find hope and strength. And yes. to, to people out there, I'm, now I'm kind of answering my own question because you got me inspired. Um, if you're not doing anything and you can't do anything, you can always find a library with the internet connection. Yes. And you can watch Joel Osteen or you can listen to Deepak on your so phone. Far.
1: On your or, phone. Go to YouTube on, on your phone.
0: They may not have phones. You know, somehow if they're watching this, so they probably have some sort of device, right? Yes. <laughs> right. And most yes. people do on their phone. You're right about that. Yes. Yes. So there's always something there. You could put a Google search for happy, positive video and find something good expose yourself as much as you can to something positive, whatever it is. And And like what do
1: you have to lose? Yes. It's like, what do you have to lose? If you're sitting there as as a void, try something that that connects with your heart, you know, and and I I might connect with this rig because I was raised like that. My mom did have me in church all the time. I thought it was weird and I never felt comfortable. And she always made me wear weird shit and I never did. But you know, I, I don't know if that is why I connect with it now because I was raised that way. But like you said, there, there is magic out there. There is power out there. Look, look, look at The Rock. Look at Dwayne Johnson. Look at Ronda Ratt. Look at these people that have soared. What is it that you think that makes these people go to a top tier? What, what makes it different? It's their belief. It's their hope. It's their faith. There's something in them and some, or someone has instilled something in them to keep fighting. That is your faith. So find something to believe in that is not expendable. So you have to put your faith into something that's not material. That's not, yep. you know, expendable. I mean, and, and Christ is just the person, the love and, and the being that it's, it's, like, it's, it's never ending, you know? I mean, he's immortal. And, there, there, and there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of vehicles to get there too.
0: And, yep. and, I, and with all respect, somebody hasn't found Christ there, there, there's, there are, and look, I, I'm, I'm open to that. I talk, I keep dropping names and it's not my intent, but I've talked to Malibu a lot about this little. I've talked to Sting about it a lot, the pro wrestler Sting. And I'm very open to it. I even purchased my first Bible not long ago since I was in Catholic school a million years ago. Yes. But, but but I haven't but I haven't found that. It hasn't it hasn't hit me. I like to think I'm open to it. So that said, there's so much out there that works. And I agree with you, it's faith and it's hope. I think yes. combined with action. And because, because I'm Shannon for everything you came out of, I believe your faith and your hope brought you out, but I would be willing to bet you anything that you just didn't sit on your butt either. You put one, you put one foot in front of the other.
1: I'm in that fucking gym all the fucking time. I'm telling you, you have to generate that energy within yourself too. So there has to be, there has to be the mental, the computer, and then you've got your vehicle, but it's a what, what drives you in here? And you have to have something that drives you. That's, that's not going to expend. Like, like I'm, I'm saying, what's your source? Some people have a father that's one, a, a dad. That's great. They, you know, give him trust fund, you know, he pays all their bills. He's there for them. You know, he encourages them, but you know, he will pass away. You know, what about if it's your boss, your boss, they're, they're sending you the paycheck. They're telling you all these, you know, meditation things, you know, be, be their own job on time. And, you know, this is what you're going to do. That's going to go away sometime. So I'm just saying, put your, put your faith in something that's not going to go away. And the reason why I have fallen and fallen and fallen before is because I have my faith in something or somebody that left me. So the only person that hasn't left me is Christ. And that, that is a love. Christ. So he's not a person to me. Christ is a love. Christ equals love and that is infinite. So it's not a person. So you're asking me what I would tell somebody, put your faith in something. It's not a someone, it has to be a something because we're all just pieces of shit. We're all gonna go back to the dust, right? You can't be a person. It has to be something infinite.
0: There and yes, and there's all and and I wanna always I always like to say to people there's always something out there you can draw on, but you yes. have to be willing to, to seek it out. I know
1: that. Fine. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. You know, if you're, if you're passing a church on a Sunday, walk in, If you're passing a temple on a Friday night, stop in. Um, if you're, uh, yes. if you live near a mission, go to the mission and volunteer your services, be of service to others. That will, that, that will get you. Yes. The right direction. At least headwise for a minute. That's very anyway, true. Very true. You ever, you ever done volunteer stuff at a mission? Oh
1: my God. Yes. Um, I've served people on Thanksgiving and all you know the the homeless people or whatever. And when we didn't have shit, me and my kids, I said, you know what, let's fucking go to this. And and you know then you realize that you don't have it so bad. There is always someone that is worse off than you, unfortunately. But I'm just saying, it may it gives you something like fuck. It makes it puts you in perspective. So if you're constantly doing things to give your perspective a little bit more of a okay, we're okay. And it's going to be fine. And even under when I was like in the woods under a tree, I'm like, all right, well, this is a pretty good tree. And you know, this blanket's a pretty good blanket. And at least I'm tough or whatever. And my ex-boyfriend came two days later and found me in the woods. I was just trying to prove a point. I didn't have a place to live. But my point is, and you ask what, it is my faith in God, but it's also my perspective and thinking, okay, it's not so bad. Someone else has it worse. It's not so, so, so bad. Now, if I've got needles sticking out of my arms, you know, and fucking doing drugs like that. Now, let me tell you, I've never had a drug problem. I've never had an alcohol problem. I have done every drug on the planet. I've drank every kind of alcohol on the planet. I I have, I've, As a gladiator, that's really? what you do. You party, okay? And thank God. I'm sure it's by the grace of God I'm still here. But I don't have an addictive personality, so I don't know what that's like. And that could be, that's probably the most horrible thing. I have an addiction to choosing guys that are abusive. I have, I had that because my dad was abusive to me. So therefore I picked guys who are abusive. So we all have our crutch. So, so even someone that maybe have a heroin problem, well, look, you still can walk on two feet. You still can have use of your arms. Look at these people that are in wheelchairs that are paralyzed. So see, that is a perspective. Okay. They'll be like, wow, you know what? You're absolutely right. So it's like, you know what i'm saying so you have to kind of think that way in a lot of in a lot of situations
0: absolutely it's it's perspective and it's choice um do you yeah. know are you familiar with the guy named nick Sick? is that name familiar to you
1: what's the last name
0: bujasik i think b-u-j-i-c-i-c he um no. he, he has a ministry he's got a very successful ministry in san diego he's from england um, he was, he's known as the no arms, no legs
1: guy. There's a reason. <gasps> oh, yes, yes, yes. I've seen him. Yes. Sorry, my
0: screen. Oh my okay. So, you know, you know who he is, right? Um, I, you know, I do. I've
1: seen him. Yes. Yes.
0: Oh my gosh. Incredible like sense
1: of humor character. Yes.
0: He's like my favorite human being on the planet. I mean, beautiful wife, beautiful kids. Um, you, know you know him personally? No, I don't. And I've reached out to him i reach out to people i want to have on the show and in doing that have landed some pretty spectacular catches and, and i'm bound and determined to get him one day but when i do i'm also going to ask how he made his family because i love to mess with people like that um, <laughs> like, i know yeah because nobody ever has the balls to ask him that question so I have to- speaking of balls <laughs> ah, right there you go um, but i mean there was a guy who was extremely depressed he talks about it as part of his testimony and look at him now and then You know, remember a couple of years ago, in the space of a few days, Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade committed suicide. I don't know if you remember that or not. Um, They were both, you know, multi-multi-millionaires. They were surrounded with lots of people who ostensibly loved them, or at least were yes-men to them. They seem seem to have everything anybody could ever, you know, materially want on this planet. Um, Yet, look at the end result. So... Then you have the Nick Vujicic's of the world and the Shannon Dallas Halls of the world. So the um, I don't know, the, the magical formula you've gotten me to today because I don't have that answer. You provided this inspiration is faith and hope combined with action. Little yes. tiny baby steps, man, and you end up in a good place ultimately. Probably get be harder before it gets better, no doubt about it.
1: But, but you know what, Rick? There's there's something else too that that is a huge component into that. You have to be grateful for your life. You have to be grateful for your breath. You have to be grateful for your hands. You have to be grateful for the ability to speak, to be able to swallow. You have to be grateful for your life in general. And if you aren't grateful for it, it's going to get taken away. So I think the more that you feed that, the more that you feed your gratefulness and appreciation, you will be granted life. And when you take that for granted, it slowly gets taken away. So if there's nothing else there, if you can just say, I'm so grateful I can see my hands. I'm so grateful I can move my feet. Something starts to happen when you start doing that. That momentum changes. So instead of, oh my gosh, I hate myself. I wish I would die. No one loves me or whatever. Boom, 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 boom. Hey, I can move my hands. Hey, I can see my feet. Hey, I can flex my arms. Hey, I can I can do this. I'm grateful to be able to see things. I'm grateful to be able to hurt. I'm grateful for my heart, right? So the and something else Joel Osteen is very adamant about the words that you sprinkle over your life is the seed that you're gonna grow or the seed that you're going to kill. Absolutely. And Shannon,
0: it. you know what? It's like we we haven't got to like battle about anything today i'm like 100 percent in agreement with you again because you're right you said we're, we left gratitude out of the mix and yes. and you're 100 percent right so i want to I revise our formula in a moment here uh, to come up with like a, a summary of that and you you know you're talking about the art you know moving and feet look at nick vujasek i mean when he was down he didn't get to look at his hands and his feet because he doesn't have them right so he found something and, and I can relate this to my personal experience, because when I, I remember when my wife and I were together, we did gratitude journaling every day. And we would write oh. down, and yeah, it was really neat. We'd write down, and I'm happy to say that, we're, we're, we are and always will be friends. She's remarried hap- happily, and I'm really happy for her, very happy for her. Um, so we did gratitude journaling. She got me into that. After you know we were split and everything, crafts at the same time and i was at my lowest i remember going to gratitude journal one day and i came up with i am grateful for my dogs marley and ramon and that's as far as i went i could not come up with a second thing shannon and what why is that it's not because there weren't things to be grateful for it's because my mind and my heart had closed so i know that now in retrospect so for okay everybody the Shannon and Rick magical formula is this: hope and faith plus action plus gratitude. And and know this: yes, no matter where you are and what not. Not you, because you already got this, but you can hear it too, of course. You actually authored this formula. You authored this formula. Um, but wherever you are, whatever's going on in your life, know that the potential for a better day always exists. The potential yes. for a better moment always exists. It's just sometimes sometimes a simple shift of the mind.
1: Life changes like that. Like that.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: wait for the this. Have faith for the this. Wait for it. It changes. As quick as it got bad is as quick as it can get good. And sometimes it's a little bit longer for the good. But, man, the earth and us on it, it's in constant state of change. Everything is a constant state of change. That's why when things are fucking amazing, Hold on to those moments because it's gonna change a little bit, you know. I mean, we can control things, you know, somewhat, but you don't know what's gonna happen. Okay, so when man, things are good, be grateful for that and just like enjoy the moment, you know. Depression is thinking of the past, anxiety is thinking of the future. We all have both of those things, but to be in the moment, that's what being in the moment means because that is really all that you have, and so even when the moment is shitty hold on. It's not going to be shitty forever. Okay. So the test of your soul and of your character is how long can you deal with it? So the way that you deal with it when things are really shitty is I can fucking move my finger. Look, I can fucking scratch my eye. Look, I can move and this little bitty mind games gets you through to when someone says, look, you just got this brand new job. You're hired or look, this opportunity came up and you're like, Oh my God, that was amazing. So while you're moving your fingers and being grateful and toes, that that gets you through like the hard times. I mean, on, honestly, so these are like the little games go through my head like that. Okay, I have a nice soft blanket here. I have a I have a chair that somebody gave me. That means somebody cares about me. I'm you know I'm pretty sure that no matter what happens now, I have the tools to to make it to move forward. Yeah, and that open, is open, open. the Rick and Shannon the Rick and Shannon formula, bro. So easy and it. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. It's going to get rough. You have to love you first. You have to be grateful for your breath. If you can find those two things, the strength is there, man. It's there. And You don't have to be like a superhero, pro wrestler, fighter. What do all these people have that other people don't have? I mean, number one, we got balls this big, okay? So <laughs> we got balls this big, and, you know, we can stay on this room, but we get knocked to our feet and our hearts.
0: Regan, as you know,
1: because you talk to all these athletes, we're strong people and we kick ads, but our hearts are, you talk about the vulnerability. That's the name of the show. The bigger the heart, the bigger the vulnerability. And so we hurt probably more than the normal people because we put ourselves out there. We're gladiators, bro. So, yes, we get hurt, if not more than anybody. It hurts worse. So, that's how you do it.
0: Shannon, I don't know about you, but I love this conversation today. This has been really good. And we're, we're, we're at an hour, and I don't want to keep you. I know it's late your time. So let's go to something really important to wrap up. Can okay. you give us one good story about beating up a boy? <laughs> Come on, let's wrap with something heavy. Like wait,
1: okay, wait, do you mean like 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 a bar fight or like a yeah, rape
0: like fight? Anything good, whatever you think people like will find entertaining in a perverse sort of way.
1: Absolutely. Okay. But there's so many, so you have to like categorize the fight. You, I mean, you have to categorize the because you know I do mixed wrestling, and I still I still wrestle men because I fucking love it. Okay.
0: You, wait, so, you you do the mixed wrestling thing? I don't know. I have
1: done mixed wrestling for twenty five years, just with certain years. people and people kill, that I like.
0: You must be killing men from coast to coast. Oh my god. Dude, um,
1: people pay me like to. I mean, like last year I got paid like five hundred bucks to break a guy's jaw.
0: So go, do you, know my, do you know my friend, Jennifer Thomas?
1: Yeah, that's I know. It's session girls. I'm on there. Yes. Yes. Okay.
0: Yeah. Jennifer is one of my really close friends. Also session girls. I had no idea. Oh my God. I would be, I would be terrified if um, you came through the door.
1: Wow. No, well, see but you, you pay for it. You know, it's like role no, I, play. I
0: you know, play. it's I role
1: play it. I, and I love it. It's, it's the most fun. It is the most comic relief thing that I have in my life, and it's the funnest thing. And it's like I still get to whoop some ass, and still get—I'm still a professional fighter in, in and of that way, you know. So, I mean, awesome. as you're saying beating up a boy, I beat up men, you know. I, I break their break jaws I, if they pay I,
0: me. Give us a bar fighting. Give us a beating up a man in a bar fight story.
1: I was just telling this to my daughter, my 15-year-old daughter. You Know she does weightlifting, boxing, MMA. She's still trying to figure out her life. We were just having a conversation on the beach tonight as we were jogging, and um, I said, We were, we were going down Flagler Avenue in New Smyrna. I said, Amanda, your mommy's undefeated on Flagler Avenue. She's like, What are you talking about? I said, Okay, um, there was when mommy was 20, about 26 years old. I was in the bar, uh, I had a few beers, I was watching a band, and the band was kind of gay looking and they have little like strings around their hair and they look like lover boys when lover boy you remember lover boy a long time ago MTV of course.
0: Of course. turn me loose working for the weekend of
1: yes so these guys were like lover boy and I was kind of they kind of look you know kind of gay they kind of look like excuse me I love gay people but like to us I'm like you guys look so gay y'all look like nah, 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 nah. not not gay good but gay weird okay So I was like, Oh, I said, look, I said, look at lover boy up there on the stage. And so this girl came behind me. She tapped me on the shoulder and I said, I said, what's up? I was a tough woman world champion right now. So I'm pretty sure my head was shaved or some crazy shit. She goes, that lover boy on stage is my boyfriend. And I go, Oh, lover boy. I said, so that means he's straight. Right. And I started laughing and she fucking slapped me. Right. She fucking slapped me. I had a beer in my hand. I was like, I was just like, so I dumped my beer on her head. You know, one of those moments where you just go, fuck you without saying fuck you. I dump my beer on her head. She starts scratching to the high heavens or whatever. Her boyfriend that was a late singer jumps off the stage, <laughs> jumps off the stage and grabs me from the back. So she's like, I'm still laughing. I think we're just partying, right? So she's like scratching. I pour the beer. He jumps off the stage. Um, we start fucking swinging at each other and it goes to outside. So I had a sweater on. So, lover boy, a so-called lover boy, we're standing on the street, and I'm like, I'm like, fuck you, and I'm looking around. So I was looking, around. I was drunk, right? Imagine that. So he comes over, and um, I go to take him down, and when I go to take him down, <laughs> second. oh, I was hoping I had shorts on. God dang! So I went to, I went to, I thought I didn't have any pants on. So I went to take him down, he grabbed my uh, sweater. So he pulled, you remember the old, the old trick, Rick, when you pull the sweater also tied their hands? Of course. So he pulled, he pulls my sweater right here and he's in front of me. And so I did like a baseball bat and I went, "Whoa!" like a baseball bat, right? So tell him did I the, did the back spin thing. <laughs> Boom, and knocked him out with my arms. So Lover boy went, woo. So Lover boy did like a spin. Sorry, I had to get all animated and everything. So I knocked Lover Boy to the ground like this with my spin on the fucking thing. And then I fucking ripped my fucking sweater off. And I had like a bra on and shit like that, like sports bra. So i like, come on. And so the police started coming. And then the owner of the bar was a really good friend of mine. And there was another bar across the street. So fucking go to the other bar, go to the other bar. So me and my friends ran to the bar. And I hid behind the bar when the police came. So they couldn't find out where I was. He was trying to press charges and all this shit. And I disappeared. My friends like hid me under the bar. So that was a boy fight. And so I knocked Lover boy out with the double handed sweater like a bat. So that was it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. Thank thank you for sharing. I, I we we had um we, we had a very heavy, very amazing conversation and I thought it'd be fun to, to wrap up with something like that. Maybe not everybody finds find it entertaining, but I know our listeners will. So that, that is great. Was that not,
1: yeah. Are you not entertained? Holy shit.
0: <laughs> no, I I'm extremely, I'm extremely entertained. Um,
1: we're entertained uh, about shit like this, Rick. You know, this is the stuff that we know really happened, that we really did. Other people, like, yeah, right, that really happened, but we, unfortunately, know that we do this shit. You know, so
0: I know, I know. Any any story you told me, I I knew it. I, I know it's happened. I know that. Oh my gosh. Well, Shannon, it's been great seeing you. I'm so glad we're in touch. And uh, I'm going to be back in touch with you because I'm now playing uh, Cupid between uh, Dallas and Predator. That's his nickname. And and that's that's his wrestling name. It's not indicative of his personality. And uh, (laughs)
1: that's good.
0: Yeah, of course it is. And apart from that, let's just be in touch. It's really, really nice to see you, my friend.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. and, And congratulations on the success of your show and everybody that's on. I think it's wonderful to be part of a great group. So good for you.
0: Well, thank you so much, and keep on being you. I look forward to uh, connecting again soon.
1: Oh, awesome! Maybe I'll come see you in, in Maui. So maybe Hawaii is on the on the map. So I have to come visit welcome. you
0: anytime, my friend. I'd love to see you here.
1: Okay, thank you.
0: Take care, Shannon. All right. Well, that's uh, that was fun. John, are you with us?
1: Yes, sir.
0: Hey, hey. Um, I, I know you had. Uh, Texted, so I asked if you had any questions for Shannon, if she had done pro wrestling. And the, the reason I didn't uh, put that to her on the show is I, I, I do know um, about Shannon and pro wrestling. And I had actually, in the heyday of UPW, I had introduced her to, uh, to Jim Ross and Bruce Pritchard, And they were they were very interested and she was interested, but at the end of the day, we just couldn't work out the terms. Uh, it's not something that she grew up with. Uh, she wasn't dying to do it dying to do it or be in it. And back in those days, John, as, as I know you know as well as anybody, it, it had to be in your blood. You ought to be willing to sacrifice everything, do anything uh, for free for prolonged periods of time. And she was more about um, making sure it was gonna take care of her. But she wanted to do it, she's physical. She obviously could have done it. Uh, this was in China's heyday. Uh, but uh, she just wasn't willing to sacrifice everything for it, and I understand that. I respect that. So that was it for uh, Shannon and pro wrestling. She probably would have been good, though, huh?
1: Yeah, I would think that she would fit in pretty damn well.
0: Yeah, she. Yeah, she. She would have. Re- she would have been uh, the new China. That's for sure, no doubt. Um, and, and a lot more athletic too, certainly. But uh, anyway, man. Um, that was uh that was good positive i think all in all um and uh god it just flowed it was fun thank you always as always john for uh arranging and producing my friend
1: you got it no problem great show
0: thank you well it'll uh it'll be on youtube depending upon where people are looking at they're listening on our podcast platform from talking-tough.com on Launchpad DM. You can also watch it on our YouTube channel and it's just youtube.com forward slash Rick Bassman. And if you're watching this on YouTube and you want just the the audio version of the podcast version to share, please check us out at talking-tough.com and you can download the podcast right there under episodes. Um, It's Rick Bassman here on Maui, signing off for myself and the awesome producer of Talking Tough and of the two-man power trip and so many other quality podcasts, Mr. John Paws. Have a good night, John, and good night and aloha to everybody else out there. Rick Bassman signing off for Talking Tough. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you gotta be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you wanna be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you! You're better than that!